Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is our review of Thunder Road. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Here we are. It is the end of our massive marathon review of films. This is the eighth few film we've been reviewing tonight, and it's not coming to a theater near you. It is already on an iTunes near you. <laughs> yeah, unless you live near an Alamo draft house, and for a limited period of time, it was on a theater near you. Yeah, yeah it was coming um, to, it had had done come to a theater near you, um, but uh, that time has passed. But now you can catch it on iTunes, which uh, should be great for everybody who wants to check it out. Um, it's on Amazon as of yesterday, I think, too. Okay, nice, cool. Is it primable? I believe so, yeah. Okay, cool. So people can go ahead and watch it uh, without too much investment, mm-hmm. <laughs> provided that you have an Amazon Prime account. Um, but uh, yeah, we're here. It's late. We're just going to jump on in into this review. We're going to play a trailer for Thunder Road, and we're going to come back and give you a review. Honey, honey, I, I'm really not going to be good at this kind of stuff. Yeah. You want me to leave the light on in the hallway for you? It's fine. All right. I'm going to bed, honey. Good night. I love you. Yeah, it's fine. I don't care. It's fine. I won't work here anyway. You want me to talk? Yeah, I'll talk. You don't want me to talk. I got dirt on all of y'all. I'll start myself. My wife left me a year and a half ago. There, laugh it up. I slept in my car. Three weeks. Jerry saw it. Isn't that right, Jerry? Yeah, I brought you breakfast. Thank you so much for doing that, Jerry. Haven't been a lot back then. You're drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm angry. I realize that. I'll go, no, I'll calm down. I lost my daughter today. For what? So I can impress you. I gave up my family. And the rest of it. What, you want my pants too? Fine. You can keep them, I don't care. You can't hurt me. You think you're hurting me? I found out she lost her boyfriend in Vietnam. I never asked her about it. What? I never made the time. I was selfish. This is what you get. So uh, Thunder Road is the story of a young man whose mother passes away and this film starts with him at the funeral for his mother and it is sort of the story about uh, how that funeral goes and sort of how his life in the days and weeks after that funeral happens sort of uh, changed from their current state, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would say. And it's sort of just the story of him and how he deals with grief and how that grief may or may not affect the, his relationships with other people. Um, yeah. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Thunder Road? So I'll start by prefacing why this grabbed me <laughs> to begin with. Um, there are two movies we're talking about this night in our eight movie sprint that have some kind of nostalgic place in my heart for familial reasons. 
one is Creed 2 because my family is from the bridge right across from Philly. So any movie set in Philly, like I get some warmth <laughs> of like visiting grandma and grandpa, right? I get that. And related to that side of Jersey is Bruce Springsteen and Thunder Road is one of my like top five Desert Island songs. Like that is one of the things I would keep with me <laughs> if I could only have a few things. It's just like a wonderfully nostalgic thing. The moment I found out there was a movie, a short called Thunder Road, that is actually about that song Thunder Road and a guy playing it at a funeral while grieving his mother. I was like, holy shit, me in the future took a time machine and made a movie <laughs> because that is just so up my alley. Um, so I'd, I'd seen the short a, a little while ago, um, which is just of that funeral scene that is a kind of brutally painful look at this guy's monologue that is like darkly funny, but also sad. He's Jim Cummings plays this officer who's kind of grieving and he doesn't know how and he has a little bit of bluster, but he also confuses his words a lot and he can't keep on one train of thought very long. Yeah. And I had no idea how he was going to turn this into a feature-length film because the short is like kind of a... I don't want to say setup and punchline because it's not a joke, but, you know, it, it is like this one idea that fills about 12 minutes. Um, and this movie is really about the, the guy unraveling and... It's obvious that this is made by an actor, right? Like the director is an actor because this is very much a character study, a study of this one police officer somewhere in the South who is trying to keep his life together, but his mom was kind of his anchor. He didn't have a whole lot going for him. He'd already lost his wife. He's at risk of losing his daughter in the process, and he doesn't know what else to do. And in my recollection of this movie, it's basically a few big extended scenes, right? Like this is a movie that is about bringing him to a place and then letting there be 10 to 15 minutes of the meaning of that situation overwhelming him, him having a kind of long monologue or dialogue with one other character, and then it breaks and we go somewhere else. And somewhere around like, I don't know, like the half hour mark, it shifted from being like, this is a kind of interesting character study to me being like, I think I really, really fucking like what this movie is doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is not to say it is like the most nuanced or like incredibly written film of the year. It, I don't believe this was improvised, but again, this is very much like a character movie, like an actor movie where we are just watching this character go through life and interact with people. And it's kind of an exercise in watching how much can a person break before we stop believing them, right? Because yeah. he, the funeral scene, depending on where your head is at, it is either silly and over the top, or you go, I know that character. He would do something over the top, some gesture for his mom, and then he would commit to it because he doesn't know what else to do. And then he has so much bravado, he's going to go through the rest of the movie like pretending that that was a, quote, normal thing to do. Um and I clued into the, I'm going to take this character seriously. I'm going to see where he goes. And I think the movie in kind gets more serious as it goes on till by the end, it is a kind of good gut punch that leaves you with an emotional crescendo as he gets to live the song, right? Riding off like a, <laughs> I, I love the song and I don't even remember the lyrics. <laughs> Riding off in the night, like hitting, hitting the open road. Um, and yeah, I, I was heartwarmed by it. It's one of those shoestring budget indie movies that clearly it couldn't have the most expansive scope ever. It wants to do one thing very well, but I 
I like I I love this kind of thing. I want there to be hundreds of movies like this in my <laughs> iTunes because I, I just thought it was charming as hell. Yeah. Um so I remember when this was coming to Alamo. Um I tend to like check out what's going on in Alamo, especially if they're gonna do like small, more limited things that I might not have a chance to see in theaters otherwise. Um I saw they were doing the screening. I went and found the trailer online and I passed on seeing this film mm-hmm. based on the trailer. Um, the trailer, uh, which completely, I, I also I'm a hundred percent willing to, to assume that the trailer was totally fine, but because it was a lot of things where like you were seeing him, the, the main character in this emotional state, but you weren't hearing his dialogue. You were sort of just music was playing over you seeing him react. And maybe it was just because it was a police officer and the mustache, mm-hmm. like something about it made me feel like this was one of those, like, like the, the courage, right? This is like one of those Christian movies that like, it, it was, it just had, it wasn't that I thought it was, yeah. it was that it had the tone. It can, it can definitely give that vibe if you just look at the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I was like, I was like, Oh, I don't need to say this. And then I started hearing other people mention that film. And I was like, that, that film, like I, huh, weird. So I, I passed on it. Um, and then, I saw you post that thing on Facebook about like, oh my God, they made a short film about the song. And then, yeah. and then like, I was kind of like, huh. And then you were like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie. And I was like, I saw your post and I was like, did we watch a different trailer? Like maybe and I, I didn't watch the short, but I was like, whatever. And then and you. Honestly, oh, I hadn't even watched the trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is fine. But, um, but um, I saw you posting and being excited about it. Over the last two weeks or so, you've kind of offhandedly, as we've tried to decide what we were going to review, you've like thrown out several times. And Thunder Road's a, a Thunder Road is on iTunes, so you could uh-huh. catch that too. And I've sort of just had it on the back burner of like, yeah, if there's time, I'll watch this film. Um, so I watched the film, obviously, because we're sitting here to review it, uh-huh. and it it might be my favorite thing that I saw out of the eight films. Um, I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> uh, like that you, you talk about how like this character, the way he's reacting could, it straddles the line between it could be silly or it could be completely earnest and special. Like I could see somebody watching this character and seeing like a Danny McBride character um, who is sort of just like not, real unaware of or stable or yeah or unaware um but if you watch it in my opinion correctly you see a person who it's not that they're straddling the line between real or and uh or authentic and inauthentic it's they're straddling the line between holding it together and not holding it together Mm -hmm. and first of all fucking amazing acting jobs on this guy yeah. like especially like, given how long the takes are too yeah yeah but like even just the moments of him like being fine and being trying to comfort other people and then just like huh, lo- losing it and then bouncing back and kind of going between things and being comedic and then being like devastated and then it, it's it's a film that as i watched I, I i stopped thinking about whether other people would like it and just was completely engrossed and pulled into the story and i was like I really wish I got to see this in theaters. <laughs> it would have been really nice. Yeah. But it was just like, it, it's, it's a fantastic film and it's this person. It's, it starts as just a story of a person grieving in the moment. And that grieving sort of spills into other aspects of their life. And they're sort of trying to just get past it and go on and do their life already. Um, and you just see how, they're replacing grief with just trying to aim for normalcy, but then how if the normalcy is broken by anything at all, 
it just they, shatters. Yeah, it shatters and they fall back into this grief. And then they tr- that the normalcy is now impossible to get back to because they're dealing too much with the grief. Mm-hmm. And then the people around them, you see like – so this is a film that's like – it's. I was trying to explain to Jamie that like – because she asked me like what I thought of it. And I was like it's really good. And it's weird because you view the character sympathetically, but the people surrounding the character – view him a little more tragically without the sympathy. And like, rightly so, maybe. Like, yeah, impossibly. That's what's interesting is no one is really wrong in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, it, but it's a thing where it's like you are having – you're not technically watching from his point of view because the camera is showing you their point of view, but you still feel for him mm-hmm. because you want to believe that he is just – like there, there's like a, a constant uh, – Sort of one of the one of the the joke, I guess. That is like, first of all, this is labeled as a comedy. This it's is not, not a fucking comedy. comedy. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a very dramatic film mm-hmm. that gets really intense the further into it you go. Yeah. But there is one comedic beat where he keeps returning to the line. Like, I mean, I talk to a lot of people, and just when you're going through things, this is kind of how people. I mean, just some people react uh-huh. that way. <laughs> it's just, like it's returning to this like yeah. kind of beat of like everybody else is like this guy is not handling this right and he's like no 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 no. people don't handle things right like that's just what people do um and it's it's a weird that level of emotion where it's like you start to go down this hill into sort of despair and some films are like make you cry and then you're laughing and you're like cool and then you have a cry spot and then they do something to make you laugh this is a film where like it's 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 sort of like uh the the trope of being on drugs where it's like you're just going down and if you take the same dose every time you can't ever go above where you're at and it's like <laughs> i feel like this is how this film is like you just things just progress worse and worse and you keep going like iTunes said this was a comedy <laughs> why am i really upset <laughs> but like you care for the character even though you feel like you, sh- it, it, he feels uncareforable in a way where it's like he's just he's broken, and you he somebody needs to help him deal because he shouldn't be attempting to continue normally, but he's just doing his best. And there there's this like, even though it's slightly hyper realistic, it's also super naturalistic. Yeah, yeah, and you feel like. No matter how silly it wants to try to tell you it's being, it always feels real, always feels grounded, and always feels really heavy. Um, and it's just a film that, like, I can't believe I almost didn't see this movie <laughs> because it's really fantastic. Um, and everybody, everyone is it, in, in it is great. Um, and, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think one of my favorite dynamics in the movie is he has a partner on the force and – a lot of this movie, right, is watching him kind of grieve in a way that is starting to threaten his career, right? Like, yeah. if if there's one job you should not be unstable during, it is a police officer. And yeah. he does things in this movie that no police officer should ever do, right? Like, yeah. he is very much grieving. And his partner simultaneously sees him as we see him. So he sees him through the sympathetic light where he wants to help. He wants to be on his side. He wants to help him get through things. And he also sees him in the other light of this is not good. This is dangerous. Yeah. And this maybe needs to be stopped. And there's a scene late in the movie where he comes to his house, not as his partner, just as his friend. 
and basically pulls out a bunch of beers and calls his wife and says, I'm going to need you to pick me up here because I'm not going to be able to drive back. And he just proceeds to get drunk with him, right? And like that is what he needs in this moment is just a guy to get drunk with, fuck around, talk about life, and unwind a little. And this is one of those movies that does the naturalism so well that that was like such a meaningful moment to me. Yeah, yeah. Even though like it it could have easily been played as a comedy, right? Like, all right, we're going to get trashed and cut to us being drunk and end of conversation. But it, you know how much like this officer needs that release, right? Like he's just looking for a friend and I, I don't know. He just plays it so well that like you can simultaneously see that it is probably right for him to not be on the force right now. Yeah. And I feel sorry for the dissolution of his life. And was the thing that was like, even, even in like, there's a pressure situation where they go in and there's like a, a person wielding a weapon yeah. inside of a, of a, a little restaurant mm-hmm. shop thing. And he actually reacts like his do my job overrides his sort of, um, his sort of like grieving state mm-hmm. until the situation is resolved. And then he just does something dumb yeah. <laughs> and he sort of doesn't understand it. But like in that moment, there's no point where he hesitates or does the wrong thing or just starts opening fire or anything. Mm-hmm. He's very, very like he he's he's almost proving in that moment that he's equipped enough to do the right thing in the situations where he's needed. Yeah. It's just that at the end of it to everyone else, it looks bad because he's sort of like just kind of like clicked back out of that once the the tension broke down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so it's really it's 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 a really dynamic character, much more dynamic than. I think we've seen in like anything else that we've seen lately. It's just mm-hmm. a character who is bouncing between so many different emotional states and so many different levels of audience uh, on the side of getting mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever the word is for like <laughs> me as an audience member wanting to be sympathetic for him versus like, pitying him for being in the state that he's in. Yeah. I, I think a thing that the movie does well, too, is he is very aw-shucksy, at least in the beginning, yeah. right? And he is getting words wrong and he's getting flustered. And we're watching that in a kind of amused way. And one source of that amusement is his relationship with his ex-wife, at least at yeah. the beginning of the movie. He has a kind of or like... separated from wife. Yeah, his separated, his separated from wife. And he's he clearly has a unpleasant relationship with her but he's holding it together for his daughter and he gets some like good one-liners uh, <laughs> like to her she gets hit by a train. yeah yeah exactly but then it's like <laughs> oh but i didn't mean it i didn't mean it and, and like at the beginning that's kind of like a oh shucks you know i'm trying to do the right thing but i'm also a man and i'm frustrated and i'm angry and i want to get that out but by the end of the movie that has kind of evolved into like you are trying to not speak ill of the mother of your child but you have legitimate concerns yeah. also about this situation. And it, it's interesting because the all shucksness that he starts with is kind of, it, it's like charming in the beginning. And by the end, it's like a character flaw sort of where like you should be more assertive. Like you yeah. should be pushing this more than your sense of propriety. And I, he, he just does so many interesting things with so few set pieces, I think, to reveal that character. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's like uh, like you had seen you had seen the short and you were talking about like, mm-hmm. how are they going to turn the short into a whole film? And I watched the whole film and I was like, 
the short had to just be the funeral, right? Like I was, yeah. I was like, how, like I'm trying to figure out how, and it's like, this, by my recollection, the short is a single take, or at least it feels like a single take of yeah, the funeral. Yeah, yeah that, that, that would make sense. But like, it, it's, it's a thing where you, so like when you, uh, when you look at like district nine and alive in Joburg, right? Like you can see how like the short just sets up, the place that we're playing mm-hmm. and then it makes sense how they can have a whole film that exists in the world that the short is telling us exists. Yeah. This is a film where it's like, no, the short is like, you just didn't continue watching. Uh-huh. <laughs> like it feels like it doesn't feel like somebody expanding that story out to be something more. This sounds like a real, a real logical progression of where that character goes from there and how mm-hmm. like you can go through one thing that, you like so we we find out over the course of the story that like um the siblings don't go to the funeral so you don't have like we never really find out an understanding of what those siblings relationship was to the mother mm-hmm. but clearly some other people in the family don't have the same level of grief that he has over the situation yeah. Right? yeah we get we get little info of that as the movie progresses yeah yeah but yeah. It, it's a thing where like we just think he's being completely irrational mm-hmm. um but it is a thing where you you follow him through this thread and you are always with him along the step of the way and obviously situational things are happening to him that are beyond his control and he's making them worse by the way he handles being thrust into out of control situations yeah. and it's just it's yeah it's just, i just think it's a a really well done um narrative piece all right now charming little girl question <laughs> the patty cake scene with his daughter how good is that it, it's amazing yeah. and so am, are we supposed to believe that he like traced his own hands and put them on the wall so he could practice yeah I think, okay. yeah, yeah he, he stayed up hours practicing for yeah, sure yeah. <laughs> also did you recognize macon blair in this movie yeah yeah, yeah as the teacher <laughs> yeah it was pretty amazing <laughs> it was good times cool but yeah uh should we get to verdicts sure Stephen Miller, if you're going to give it the same must-see, record with the caveat, wait for until pass of the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, this is getting a gentle must-see for me. I say gentle because if I were really stacking it up against, like, quote, the most heavy or intense or whatever movies of the year, I, I don't think this is doing that. But I really, really admire what it's doing. I love these kind of smaller, more intimate films that decide we're just going to dissect one character. We don't need a whole lot of space to do it. We're just going to dive into his headspace and let you let you feel the rest. Um, I think this is like one of those things that is a gem to find on iTunes or Amazon or wherever you get your films. And I think more people should watch this sort of thing because it, it it's awesome. Like th- this budget was like 200 grand. Like, it, like it's amazing that like you can make a work that can be so complete <laughs> for so little money and i think it, it it's just really cool and, and it's a cool m- thing to support most of that budget just went to mustache uh, hair yeah, mustache wax was like <laughs> 195 grand um yeah like i i'm i'm gonna give this like a, a really good musty um if for nothing more than the fact that i almost passed on this film mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think that it's like i if it's if it's free for streaming on amazon prime then you can just do that i rented it for five bucks on uh on itunes um it's it's definitely worth worth that um it was a big surprise for me and a film that i very much enjoyed uh 
Like it was, it was a thing that I just saw because it was like, why not make it eight films this week? Yep. Um, and I'm happy it wasn't seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, musty for me. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So that is the end of our review of Thunder Road. Uh, Steven, if people want to find it throughout the week, where can people do that? They can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. <laughs> Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Thunder Road or just be the song Thunder Road. <laughs> yep. um, so. It's either going to be Thunder Road for the opening and the string version of the Bonavere skinny love song at the end or flip it around because both those have to be squeezed in somehow. Gotcha. Um, so we'll do that and then get double takedown notices yep. <laughs> on, on the YouTube version of this when it goes up. Uh, but it'll all be worth it. Um, worst case scenario, we can't monetize the thing. We're not monetizing anyway. So. Sp- speaking of the nostalgic songs, so Springsteen has a bunch of songs about like a guy trying to get a girl to get in his car and escape from their small town. Like That's kind of his thing. Thunder Road is the most amazing of them, but maybe the most personal one is called Rosalita because see if this sounds familiar, given your knowledge of my family. It's a guy telling the woman who is like a little bit younger and with her family to get in the car and drive with him because he found a nice job down San Diego way that he can take her (laughs) to start a life together. AKA the reason I was born. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So I think Mary climbed in for the same reason. Good times. Well, that is the end of this marathon recording session. We are going to stop recording and go back up. And uh, you guys should go watch Thunder Road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye.